Welcome to Garden Society. We are a sisterhood of women exploring holistic ways to rejuvenate from the rigors of daily life. We are wives and moms. We are sisters and girlfriends. We are bill payers, breadwinners, caretakers, multitaskers, and peacemakers. We invite you to explore the possibility of elevating your everyday with our favorite plant. Grant yourself permission to chill out, smoke a joint, and get inspired to find your joy with us on Season 1 of Garden Society, the podcast. This gathering of the Garden Society is now in session. Welcome. Thank you for joining today for episode two of Garden Society, the podcast. We are so excited to have Elizabeth Gore and Carolyn Rods, founders of Alice, here today to talk about The Spark. (laughs) Yeah. Elizabeth and Carolyn are both from the Houston area of Texas and graduates from Texas A&M. Throughout her career, Elizabeth has been a humanitarian, having worked for the UN Foundation building ecosystems to solve global problems. Carolyn is an ex-investment banker turned multi-time entrepreneur. Carolyn and Elizabeth were both recognized as top women to watch by Entrepreneur Magazine. Moms, wives, girlfriends, our close friends, we are honored to have you both here today to tell our listeners all about how you found the inspiration and courage to let your spark ignite the fire that is Alice today. So on our last episode, Erin and I shared with our audience how we came together to build Garden Society. So we would love for the two of you to share with our listeners, your story. There's nothing more empowering than hearing about two women's stories, how they came together and building something. So take it away. Elizabeth and I actually first had the conversation for what is now Alice in a tent up on a mountain. Uh, I was actually, I think in my third trimester Uh, at that point. She was very pregnant. Child. And I was very drunk. (laughs) Elizabeth is with her third beer in her hand. I love third it. Third time on her third beer. <laughs> and we, I don't even know how the conversation evolved, but somehow, you know, doing what one does when you're pregnant and or tipsy, uh, started talking about the future of, of women entrepreneurs and kind of what was happening in this space and how fortunate we were to have the networks that we had and, and to be connected to the things that we were connected to at that point, um, but also the inequities that, most women face when they were starting their their companies. And, you know, I certainly came from a very capitalist background in terms of banking. I had, at that point, failed in business and succeeded in business uh, by sort of traditional definitions of those of those terms. And then Elizabeth, you know, certainly came with an incredible, you know, humanitarian background and uh, moving into sort of the social entrepreneurship space. So we kind of just had this amazing, happy medium meeting in the middle. Yeah, and I'll say the thing that attracted me to Carolyn was um, not only her her unbelievable Latina flair, let's just be honest, (laughs) but uh, also um, Carolyn really looked at it as the upside. So less than 2% of women make a million dollars with their companies, but she, the way she talked about it was she saw it as 98% opportunity. And, you know, all my life, I, we, you know, we get the stats out that we're not getting enough. We're not making enough. It's not enough. And she saw this as, wouldn't it be an incredible business to get 98% of that opportunity that, frankly, other folks aren't looking at? 
And so that really got me excited because I never heard it framed like that. Like, look at the open space. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, we talk about white space mm-hmm. or, or what is a hole or a need that no one's feeling and filling. And it, it was like, it was incredibly exciting. That is really cool. And so innovative in a world where so many things have been done over and over again to really find a way to do something different mm-hmm. and new and help people at the same time. What did it actually take for you to say, okay, you both had successful jobs. You were both in this space. What did it take, Elizabeth, for you to leave that and to take the plunge? Well, we, it's interesting. If you, if you look backwards, the mountain, I think, um, you were pregnant with Henry or Luca, Carolyn? I can't remember. With Henry. With Henry. Okay. So he's four, right? And Jacob was five. Jacob was how old? He's five. So Jacob wasn't here yet. Oh, Jacob wasn't. So the reason yet. I say that it not only took time, money, and effort. We also had four kids in between us. Um, so we gave birth each of us to baby boys and to this company in the same <laughs> set of years. Um, yeah, yeah. So and I think Alice uh, is the most challenging baby that we've had. But um, I'll say it took. A lot of relationships. Um, I would. I had a full time. I had two jobs at that time. I was still working with the UN, and I'd started working with Dell as their entrepreneur residence. And then I carved down to the one job. And Carolyn was doing this day and night, building, 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 because we're built on top of an AI platform. And I actually approached Carolyn. I called her a few weeks later and said, "Hey, I was just blown away by your vision." I'd like to to join you. And at that point, and we're totally open about this, you know, I came on as advisor, around 6% equity. And then suddenly we start building together. And what is an interesting thing to take a step back for is each other. So um, Carolyn, I was just so inspired by her and her vision. And she's highly technical. I'm not. <laughs> so we had these different strengths. You know, my strength is external affairs, networking, and and so on. And I just really believed in her. And so we were building this, building this. And then uh, we came back later and said, why don't we join a, join forces? And I think we were at a coffee shop in New York, Carolyn. Is that right? When we decided we on her. So we yeah, just... I, I, I laughed because I literally, I don't, you know, I knew Elizabeth had this incredible network. <laughs> I had no idea of sort of the superpower uh, and just force of nature that is Elizabeth Gore at the time. <laughs> And gradually, it was interesting as we started working together, it started as this, like, she was just going to kind of open some doors and help connect me to people that can help make this thing reality. And every time I would get on the phone with somebody who I'd never heard of before, frankly, but I'd be blown away at what they could bring to the table and how this thing could magnify and how it could get bigger. And literally in that coffee shop, I think we both had this moment where we just really needed each other. Like, it was this I don't know. It was it was so apparent that this was mm-hmm. the right thing to do. Uh, and I think as we started thinking about formalizing this and just making it much more of, of you know, kind of a, a 50-50 relationship and partnership, we both called a mutual really close friend and we're like, hey, we're thinking about working together. We had, <laughs> Who happens to be my cousin? That's right. happens to be your cousin. Um, and both took the phone. We're like, what do you think? Like, we're thinking about, like, really just diving kind of headfirst into this. And I think she, like, told us both, like, that wasn't a good she idea. She thought it was a terrible idea. Oh. Actually, because she was probably jealous. She, <laughs> she was like, don't do it. You would never work well together, which is really funny. And that is a good point. Even your closest folks that love you and know you, sometimes you just know. Mm-hmm. And um, to back to your original question of what did it take, it took a strong relationship and trust with Carolyn for me. And then two, um, you know, we had to build a company to a point where we could 
you know, afford, frankly, I'm the breadwinner in my family, um, to walk away from an enterprise job and insurance and all those other things. Um, so Carolyn really carried the load the first few years because uh, I had another full-time job and um, brought this thing to bear. We even had hired a big portion of our team before I came on full-time. And so we had financial objectives that we had to meet so both of us could get paid. I actually remember Carolyn's first paycheck. I remember the day, not the year, but the date was September 15th. Mine was December 15th. Um, so that really... We were employees number but five and six. Yeah, that's so funny. I love it because that's so Garden Society's story too, right? From right. the from the conception of the idea all the way through, you know, working as a side hustle. And I think a lot of people don't talk about that enough yeah. is how do you build your relationship with your future co-founder or whoever that is as a side hustle in a way that you can still manage your life and your family, but mm-hmm. really build that confidence in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's about your people you're with, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, that was... A very similar story to how Carly and I met and started working together. Carly was adamant she was a stay-at-home mom before she was an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. at first. And so, like, building that up to a point, I think we were employees number six and seven. (laughs) (laughs) But letting it sort of develop as you needed it to Mm -hmm. and knowing that you could trust in your partner to, like, support you and be in there, be there for you and Mm -hmm. having the, the same goal of, like, you know, launching the the company, making sure that you both had balanced and happy balance mm-hmm. and happiness in your lives. So I think like that really relates to Aaron and I. And I hope that our listeners out there hear that and think, okay, do I know someone in my life that is sort of the yin to my yang mm-hmm. that has a different set of skills, but can also, you know, has the same values and also can have the same goal as me. And, mm-hmm. you know, just start talking to your girlfriends mm-hmm. and throwing ideas around. You never know what will come of that. Mm-hmm. So you guys, have, I have to jump in on the yeah. values note. I have to say, so Elizabeth and I went to this event. Oh my god, I know exactly what of how many cards? It was like sixty cards. It was sixty think, cards a piece. Mm-hmm. They gave us a whole stack of these sixty cards and said, sort and pick out of these sixty cards your top three values and your bottom three, and your bottom three. Mm-hmm. And then Elizabeth and I went through that exercise and literally of sixty cards ended up with the exact same matching values like totally independently which was, it was so crazy. funny and it really speaks that's to incredible that's incredible i love that <laughs> i still story. have them oh that's i awesome. kept the cards i want to someday i want to frame them because that that was a, and the, it was interesting because there was a bunch of people around us and they were fucking floored they just couldn't get over it they were like wow. are you kidding me that is that's awesome. such a good point caroline i forgot about that so i would like to pivot just for a second i want to come back to our personal stories and hear more about mm-hmm. you guys personally but can you tell us about alice because mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about what alice is but we haven't gone through what actually you built this amazing tool yeah so um our we have a very simple goal at alice so helloalice.com our goal is to help small business owners launch and grow by finding the right path to scale their business. So we are a totally free resource and we're very technical, which Carolyn will cover, but our objective is to help 4 million owners by 2021. So you can think of Alice as um, a digital mentor who's up on your computer all day long and you can ask her, how do I do my first payroll? I need to write a business plan. I'm having trouble with my employees. I need a mentor and she's just always there with you. Uh, But Alice is super unique. We made a commitment early on that two thirds of our owners would always be what we call the new majority. So if you look at collectively, um, women, people of color, the LGBTQ community, U.S. veterans, people with disabilities actually are the majority of business owners. And so 
that's that whole upside we talked about is, you know, folks really, especially in venture and banking, focus on our white male counterparts who are, quote, high growth. We see complete inspiration, aspiration, and great revenue coming in from the new majority of business owners. And I love framing that, like you said earlier on the show, with 98% opportunity Mm -hmm. of white space for growth. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're talking about. And Carolyn should definitely, you know, we we get asked a lot about artificial intelligence and bias because we're built on top of an AI platform. Um, You know, share, Carolyn, what your vision was, which is extraordinary because you've achieved it on utilizing AI to get these resources. Yeah, I think we realized early on that the while the problems that all these business owners are dealing with are largely the same, right? We all have to hire and build teams. We all have to figure out, you know, a revenue model and work with customers and bring in partners. And there's all these different pieces that are really consistent across every single business, whether you're running a dry cleaner on the corner or running a technology company. Uh, But there are also a lot of these nuances and differences in terms of how we answer and tackle those those problems and, and milestones and, and questions that are out there. So, you know, I've run a, uh, a retail kind of inventory, you know, capital intensive business, and I've run a technology company. And, you know, every milestone along the way is really different. But there's also these incredible opportunities that are available to me based on who I am. As a Latina, I have certain opportunities and programs that are available to me and grant opportunities and government um, offerings and, and all kinds of different things that are really unique. Um, the same applies to veterans or um, the black community or the disabilities community or, or all different walks of life. And we wanted to make sure that along that path and with every milestone that those business owners are, are working through and working towards, that those opportunities are brought to them. And that was where AI became a really crucial component of what we were building. There's a ton to tell you you know, how to build a team culture. There are guides all over the internet that you can find. We wanted to make sure that you knew when you're in that step, everything that's relevant to you based on where you live, based on who you are, based on the experience you have, the team and resources behind you, that you have the best solution for you and your company. I love that because one of the things we talk about at Garden Society as a cannabis business is that we're startups. So we Mm -hmm. have all the same challenges that any other startup has out there, hiring people, figuring out how to set up our books, right? Figuring out how to manage high growth. Like, so looking at financing and investors and banking. And then we have the extra layer of cannabis, which makes it so complicated and difficult with regulation landscape and running a compliant business and the industry and the, the stigma the stigma mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. people say me ask me questions all the time when I do do talks about what's the hardest part of your job and I'm like oh we're a CPG company squared because we're a cannabis <laughs> company and we're a CPG startup <laughs> I always I, you know I live across the street from Erin and she's my sister-in-law and I respect and love her so much and I've begged her that whenever Garden Society hits the super duper big time, because they've already hit the big time, is I get to do the first public interview of everything that this company has gone through with the Wild West, because it's been extraordinary to watch. <laughs> I love that. We're, we're in. I think that sounds oh amazing. <laughs> so many stories. So the two of you were sitting upon this hillside camping. <laughs> I'm going to imagine there was a campfire yeah. and this spark was ignited. We were glamping. You were yeah, glamping. We were glamping. And yeah. this, this I think you were there too. I was Jay. there too. I was, I was there too. Yeah. 
I like the subtle detail. It was was an entrepreneur (laughs) conference, but like on a mountain. I think I was smoking weed in the corner with somebody from LA. (laughs) Definitely. So you've built this innovative and incredibly helpful technology platform to help Mm -hmm. women and not only to help women, but help, you know, minority, everyone, everyone, Mm -hmm. really. I just think that this really relates back to what Erin and I are trying to do in helping women understand that they have the power and help give themselves permission to mm-hmm. to take whatever that is burning inside of them and and do something with it and make something happen. So I know on HelloAlice.com, that could be a definite first step or a mm-hmm. third or fourth step. Mm-hmm. And you guys have some really cool events coming up. I would love to just for you to share about that and tell us how our listeners might participate. Yeah, right on. We do. So one of the things that we ensure on Alice is that based on your location, your industry and stage of growth and your demographic, male, female, person of color, that we, you know, every pitch competition, every event, every opportunity that always pops up on your feed. Uh, but the ones we love are the ones we partner and co-host with. So we're we're working on a few things. One is our predated Alice, our annual circular summit uh, is for high growth women entrepreneurs. Uh, I'm incredibly proud because we're bringing it to Sonoma County whoop, where whoop. we all live. Mission moment. That's right. <laughs> totally. So May 9th and 10th, um, you can go to circularsummit.com and register there. And what we do is we wrap women, 400 women, uh, around with mentors that are venture capitalists, bankers, policymakers, and a lot of media so that they leave with the connections and the resources and the networks uh, to continue to scale. However, what we have heard over the years is um, the women get the most out of who's sitting to their right and their left. So we do ex- uh, deep adventures in mentor tracks. So Garden Society is hosting one, which we're really excited. So you can, you'll be doing, you'll be sitting next to a venture capitalist, a banker, the lieutenant governor, and um, learning about cannabis or learning about cheese making or winemaking, but also really connecting with those relationships. Um, this is such a special place for me because we launched Garden Society basically in parallel mm-hmm. to attending the first Circular Summit. And I have to say, I went into it, uh, you know, I had a big corporate job, but I'd never been an entrepreneur. And I was pretty freaked out and terrified and had no idea what I was doing and felt like I had to put on this big shining smile and be like, I'm a founder. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> And what I realized is every other entrepreneur was in the exact yeah. same space as me, being freaked out and didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And that sense of community and that sense of relief, it brought me that this is the journey. This mm-hmm. isn't the immediate. So uh, I just, I always have a special place for Circular Summit. And it, it gave me that realization that this was, this was normal. That's awesome. And we're very intentional about... Um, Last year, 60% of the folks were people of color. Um, We had a big chunk of uh, military veterans, military spouses. Uh, We're also 100% accessible. So um, if you are in a wheelchair or need full accessibility, we always strive to have that, as well as um, the hearing impaired and vision impaired. So it's going to be awesome. What about your Bumble partnership? Oh, my goodness. So um, we are... Bumble and Britain Co., and this comes back to the power of women-owned. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all actually from Texas, and we're all women-owned tech companies, um, are embarking on a tour on how to be your own boss. And so um, Bumble has 47 million users. 
um, which is so badass. And it, they really encourage women to make the first move, whether it's in business, in friendship, or in dating. I love that. Britain Co. <laughs> is an extraordinary uh, DIY platform um, teaching you to make your own. And then, of course, Alice, we have the business tools. So we're coming together both digital as well as um, on the ground a tour will be at South by Southwest March 9th, uh, teaching a lot of women to be your own boss. So we're pretty stoked. That's fantastic. And all of this information is going to be on our show notes on thegardensociety.com. So we'll make sure to link the Hello Alice website as well as all of the events so that our listeners can uh, hopefully join those in California. So Carolyn, I have a question. As a founder to founder, how do you balance being a mom, a wife, a friend, a community member, founders. It's something I'm asking every person on the show that comes on. What advice do you have for us? For me personally, for us, we're always trying to figure this out. Oh my God. I'm always trying to figure it out too. I'm laughing because literally in the middle of this interview, I just got like a call from the nurse. Which is why I was just quiet a second ago because I was reading the message from her oh. <laughs> about my son. Um, so it's totally fine. All is well. I don't have to go pick him up. Uh, you know, it's a constant juggle because I think stuff like that happens. I'm just like, I always laugh because I, I pack my schedule so tight so that I can have as much time as possible with my kids and with my family. But that also means I leave absolutely no breathing room um, from meeting to meeting and call to call and thing to thing. And as any founder knows, like you're constantly dealing with the unexpected of things going sideways and something changing. And that's, I think, where things always start to like derail and, and your best laid plans never actually come to fruition. Uh, but I also think that when it's what makes us so efficient as business owners. I think mothers are the most efficient employees of all um, because there is no time to waste and there isn't time to sit in that meeting and, and that's, you know, an hour long that should actually be 15 minutes. It just starts at 15 minutes because it has to be 15 minutes and that's what you have to get to the solution. So I also think moms are awesome, you know, innovators and amazing marketers because we're marketing all day to our children to convince them to do something. Um, and we're constantly finding new solutions. Crazy problems. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. Oh, my God. So, you know, I think, look, the, the juggle is real uh, and it changes. I think that's the thing, the cool thing about kids, right? They constantly keep things evolving and, and what you finally figure out works, you know, when they're two doesn't work when they're three. But it keeps life interesting. So I don't know, you know, that look, juggling motherhood and entrepreneurship certainly isn't for everyone. But when I see an entrepreneur who's also a mother, like I, you know, I know they're sort of superhuman um, underneath it all. And Erin, I want to add, if I can, again, yes. back, Carly, to your original question about being together as co-founders. So I'll tell you, since we started this business, we've had two severe natural disasters. So we had Harvey. In Houston, because our, our business is split between Houston, San Fran, and uh, Sonoma County. So um, Carolyn and her family was displaced after Harvey. Then literally months later, we had the fires in Sonoma County. So I was off the map for five weeks, as were you. Mm -hmm. um, we lost Carolyn's father. We I got extremely sick after my son was born. And, you know, through that all, we just handed it back and forth to each other. And that's, to me, the absolute power of having a co-founder, having someone you trust, because I don't care how organized you are. I mean, if you would asked, told me two natural disasters in the course of six months that were that insane, mm -hmm. um, you know, you just don't know. And so we were able to kind of keep all the ships running because 
you know, go take care of you. I got it. She says, go take care of me. I got it. And um, both from a financial investment and management standpoint, it is wise to have someone, but from an emotional and stability and understanding standpoint, it's important to have one. And so, you know, I think when we look back, I, I mean, I, we, I both think we both say we didn't miss a beat with the business because we had each other. Yeah, oh, I love that. that. Like, seriously, it makes me tear up yeah. a little. That's so cool. I love I th- it. I think that is honestly, like, the most important part. I think people always talk about co-founders in terms of sort of skill sets and everything else. But I think that's, those are the times when that values alignment becomes really, really important. And when Elizabeth and I started this, we both were you know, very transparent in terms of our, our families always being first. And not just for us, but for the whole company. Yeah. I think every time we hit those moments when there's a question about something, when it when it boils down to, you know, family and kind of personal, like taking care of yourself, that is hands down. I mean, take a priority. And it's, there's never a question. And like, like Elizabeth said, like we don't skip a beat. It's like, go take care of what you need to take care of. Come back when you're ready. And like, we're going to keep everything moving in the meantime. I just love that so much and resonates with us at Garden Society because we make such hard decisions around the business to mm-hmm. ensure that we have that quality of life that we're searching for and we're building this business to allow other women to have. Mm-hmm. And we have to walk that talk if we expect to have customers come to us for that trust of giving them permission to create those boundaries. And I think you're so right. Like having Carly as our co-founder, our guard, as my co-founder, our Garden Society is absolutely that yang to my yang, but also that emotional stability that I have to have somewhere mm-hmm. And I could not imagine this journey alone. No. I want to thank you both so much for joining us. Um, I am so inspired by your story. I love what you're doing for women and the opportunity that you're providing. So I want to thank you for sharing your spark. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, all of the information about everything we spoke about today will be Mm -hmm. on our show notes on our website. And... um, yeah, let's uh, go out there and get them. <laughs> yeah, and I just I just want to thank uh, both of you. Carol and I really talked about this. So Garden Society, I don't know if the world knows, but the fact that you give a piece of your proceeds back to cancer research is tremendous. The fact that you're a woman-centric brand about health and holistic health, and then the fact that you're, you know, you're already telling other women's stories is quite powerful. So, uh, you know, thank you all. We really congratulate you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'll echo that. That was so much fun. That was wonderful having Elizabeth Carolyn and Carolyn here. Oh my gosh, it was so, so fun. Definitely a lot of mission moments. Yes. <laughs> so for today's Spark of Joy, I wanted to bring in a gift I received in the mail unexpectedly. Unexpected gifts are so much fun. Oh my gosh, they're so sweet. It makes me want to send all my friends gifts. Yes. So our dear friend Ophelia, she's in the cannabis industry. She's the founder of Stockpot Images in Los Angeles. She's a dynamite Asian entrepreneur. She sent me a box in the mail from (laughs) Paris. And I said, oh my gosh, what is this? Who is this from? I had no idea it was coming. I open it up and my husband says, he actually opened it. He said, you got a vintage bottle of Veuve Clicquot from Paris. I was like, what? That sounds amazing. (laughs) And so I opened it up and I said, oh, wait a minute. This isn't a bottle of champagne. This is a 1960s cigarette joint music box holder that transforms to a centerpiece. It is the most amazing thing I have ever seen. So Aaron, 
uh, take one of those bad boys out and light it up. I'm going to go ahead and do that. (laughs) But yes, Ophelia, this was such a fun and creative gift. Erin was so excited when she opened it up. Oh my gosh. And so I don't know who loves it more, my husband or myself. It's pretty, pretty amazing. We are going to put a tile tracker. Do you know those things, the tiles? No. So it's a technology company. You're supposed to put it on your keys. (laughs) I'm putting a tile tracker on my champagne joint holder because somebody is definitely going to try to pawn this from my house. That is hilarious. (laughs) So then I can track its location on its app at all times. Okay, so spark a joy, random gifts in the mail. (laughs) Especially when they're joint holders. (laughs) How about Joe? Hey, Joe, we haven't heard much from you today. We've had a full house. I mean, I'm just sitting back being the social media guru today. I like it. (laughs) Because we've got Arnav running the board. Yes, it is a full, full house. Well, how do we do for our second show, Joe? I think you did a great job, she (laughs) says, with her mouth full of smoke. (laughs) Sorry about that. You did a great job. You seemed very natural. You're naturals. Thank you. We're learning our cannabis consumption to make sure that we're set up well to be not too anxious, not too chatty. Just right. Just right. Yeah, you have to find your on-air sweet spot. Just like Goldilocks. Just like mommy. (laughs) Well, thanks everyone for listening today. We look forward to the next show when we talk about the struggle is real. How to build the business without tipping the business. I'm going to learn a lot this season. Yes, we're excited. (laughs) So will we. Be sure to check the podcast show notes at thegardensociety.com for a deeper dive into each episode. Engage with Carly and Aaron via social at GRDN Society. If you like what you hear, help spread the joy. Subscribe, rate, and review Garden Society, the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Garden Society, the podcast, is produced by Joanna Newding and recorded in the Casually Baked Studio in downtown Oakland, California. Sound engineering is performed by Arnav Gupta. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while while we we break break it all down. down.